Hey guys, it's your girl Maya K, and we are back with episode three of the Girl Files podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. I know I usually say that every episode, but I promise you this one is really going to touch on an area that I think um, everyone struggles with. And I think for those of us who are podcasters, the most exciting thing is knowing who you're reaching, but it's also knowing you can record something that could potentially reach everyone. Um, But I will say it is going to be heavy because I think a lot of people are afraid, especially when it comes to women and um, our young girls are a little different. I think they're still trying to navigate this space and figure out exactly what it means. But I think for um, older women, sometimes we can be in denial about this. And you know, I'm all about pulling out the right file for the day and making sure that we are walking in freedom and not being comfortable with the conversations we have here at The Girl Files. And I'm super excited. I think we're going to break some chains today like we do every week. Um, and if nothing else, it'll plant a seed in the right direction. I will say, your girl does not have a poem this morning. And I didn't try to force one. One of the things that I promised myself I would do is to be um, authentic with this podcast and just flow with the Holy Spirit. And that may mean some days like, or some weeks rather, there's not going to be uh, the same structure. And I actually thought about like, dad, I thought I actually had a poem in my little arsenal on insecurity. And I don't, because that's what we're talking about today. Um, and even looks, you know what I mean? And I was just like, well, I'm not going to force it. Um, sometimes the creative aspect will just be me being creative in the way I present God's message today. And that's always something that I enjoy when God creatively swoops in and he does what he does best you know, to make sure that the message gets across. So from today's girl file, we are pulling out the insecure file today. And the title of this episode is Insecure. And I know so many of you love and watch the show Insecure. I actually do not watch it. um, And I've never seen it. So I think I saw like one little scene when I was at someone's house and I walked past while they were watching it. But yeah, I've never seen it. Um, And there's no like negative reason. I just, yeah, I'm very mindful. uh, As a woman of God, I'm very mindful of what I watch, what I take in. Um, in any show that, you know, just might be a little R-rated in, in some senses. Um, I'm just mindful of that, especially in my waiting season. While I am still waiting for a husband, I'm just real careful about the stuff that um, I watch, I listen to. That's just me. Um, so, yeah, shout out to the girl. It's Ray. I've always, you know, been proud of her and killing it and doing what she does. And I actually... Um, you know, obviously have been in the same room as her at the NAACP Image Awards and just proud of, you know, that black girl magic. So um, definitely nothing personal, though. I don't have to explain anything like I, if I don't watch something. I don't watch it. If I don't listen to something, I don't listen to it. But um, I think at this point, we know by now my obedience to God is more important to me than being um, in sync with pop culture. So, yeah. All right. So when it comes to insecurity, I will say that here's the top three areas that God gave me that I believe women struggle um, with insecurities. And I'm just going to break them down using stories 
of my own. As always, I say I put myself on the chopping block because the greatest testimony and the greatest story is the one that I know personally. And the first area is the looks. A lot of women, a lot of girls are insecure in their looks. And this is the external, whether it's your shape, you know, your face, your ethnicity, like anything that speaks to the external part of who you are is um, your looks. And then the second area is identity. A lot of women and young girls are insecure in their identity and especially for our babies because they have not yet fully grown into who they are. And so you struggle with the identity and trying to figure out and navigate the space of who you are and who you're becoming. And that's your internal, like your personality, your characteristics, you know, your genetic makeup. Um, and we'll touch more on each of these. And then the third area that popped up in my spirit was careers and purpose. A lot of women and a lot of young girls, obviously, our young girls have not built careers yet. <laughs> but um, let me just say this. When I think about the Girl File Honoree, whenever I honor someone, um, like today's Girl File Honoree, these girls are really, really young. So there are times where I'm sure they feel insecure in their purpose. So purpose is not about an age. You can be walking in purpose at eight. You can be walking in purpose at 18, 28. It doesn't matter. So I just want to kind of point that out. Um, this is why the Girl Files is so powerful when God gave me the vision, I just I had to run with it because I also believe we're breaking up the monotony and the stereotypes that um, often plague girlhood and womenhood. We're, we're saying like, no, that's that's society's viewpoint of it. Like, this is the age you should be this. But God is like, if we go through the word of God, some of the greatest people and individuals he used were super young. So... Yeah, I'm excited. So let me just start with number one, because I think that my story actually now and I can look back on it and kind of kiki kiki. But <laughs> in the moment, it really wasn't funny. And it was actually a very stressing time. So for me, when it came to looks, I'm going to tell y'all and some of my babies may not really know fully who she is because it is. I wouldn't say she's like a, I would never say she's an old school rapper. I'm sure you're familiar with her because she still is relevant today. Um, but everybody to me is, you know, I, I hate when people take away people's relevancy or what they've done just because they haven't put out an album or whatever. But she's definitely still in the limelight. You know, she's, she's still out there. We see her. But my go-to... When it came to my body goals and the way I wanted my body to look, my go-to was Trina, <laughs> okay? Yes, the Miami <laughs> girl, rapper. Uh, that was my girl. Like, that was my sister in my head. You couldn't tell me anything. And I used to body shame myself so much. It was ridiculous. And I remember wanting to be thick. And this was probably 1920 as far as age. Actually, it goes back before then. Let me take it all the way back to high school. Um, if you're just like starting to listen into the podcast, I went to an all-girl high school. So it's very easy to... Uh, look to your right and your left and compare. I mean, an all-girl high school. It's super easy to be in the space where you look into your right and your left and you're comparing yourself on all levels. So for me, 
Um, this is around the time where I think a lot of guys would say, man, what them girls drinking? Because they don't look like 14 and 15 year olds. They look like 21 year olds. And we, we used to hear that a lot. Um, when we would be on our way to school or like hanging around the subway, there were guys and, and women who would be like, yo, I would never have thought you were 14. And they would say this to, you know, a lot of the young girls um, because they were developed. I was always developed, but, you know, it's just something that I don't want to say kind of happened with my generation because now I look at the girls now and I'm like, yo, she is not in high school. What is going on? You know, what are they putting in the water? But... I say that just to say that while I was developed, I still thought I was way too skinny and I was super hard on myself. Um, I took a picture in the gallery. When I worked in the gallery, they had like a picture cart and I remember taking a picture and when he printed it out for me, I think it was like in 10th grade, and when he printed it out for me and I went you know, home with it because at the time, like he would hook me up. Um, my homie Jamil, God rest his soul, he would hook me up um, because we all worked in the gallery. So sometimes we would get free food and you know we get free picture or something like that. You know, um, and I remember like taking the picture out when I got home. He had given me like a little plastic frame, and I want to say he gave me like a discount on it because I wanted the frame. And when I put it up, I was so disgusted at this little girl I was looking at. And it was kind of crazy because looking back on it, I'm just like, I would hear, you know, guys all the time just talk about how pretty I was. But it was just like when I saw how skinny I was, I couldn't even see the beauty. So Trina was my go-to for my body goals. That was my go-to. And let me just make it clear, like I've always been developed in the chest area. I'm more so talking about the thickness of from in the... the you know, I had a flat stomach, obviously, at 14, but from, I would say, the stomach down. Like, that was my go-to for my body goals. And it was so bad that I would go to GNC um, every time I got paid. And I would talk to the guy who worked at GNC, and he would literally walk me through this protein powder. I never purchased it. This, Let me just tell y'all, God's protection will swoop in even when you don't realize you need it. Because the truth is, I always probably could. I mean, I wasn't getting like a whole lot of money, but I worked hard. And um, there would be other stores in the gallery where I would go when I got paid and I would spend my money. You know what I'm saying? So it definitely wasn't that I didn't have the money. It's just... It never happened. But I remember I would do my research. I was researching every time um, I would stop in GNC and he was there. So I would say this would be about three times a month. And I would talk to him and be like, all right, so if I get this one, you know, what would I have to do to make sure I get thick? And he would just walk me through it. Um, and of course, from his perspective, like he's just a salesperson. He wasn't looking at it in a way like, why is this teenage girl talking to me about getting thick? Because I've always been very transparent, very honest, very much an open book. So I didn't even hide the fact that I was trying to look like Trina in the sense of my body. Um, never really had an issue with my face growing up. Uh, you know, the girl's cute. So I ain't never really struggled too much there. But it still was like, I don't like being skinny. This doesn't make any sense. 
And then you add to it that all the guys were looking at the girls who were thick. Um, they would verbally say it. You know, it wasn't like I was just assuming because he talked to my friend or another girl that we might have been rolling with down the gallery or just walking down Broad Nani, whatever. Not like he would verbally say, dang, shorty thick. Like, what's up? Like, so it became something I heard so much and it was ingrained in my mind that I wasn't enough because I wasn't thick enough. Um, and sadly, when you go back to that and think that that was the core reason, it was one, because I did feel like I was too skinny, but the bulk of it was because guys were paying more attention to the girls who were thick. So I was extremely insecure when it came to my body frame and the fact that I would literally take notes on this GNC protein. I forgot the name of it. I'm talking more than probably about 15, 16 years ago. But just to think that I would just be taking notes and, you know, I would keep it in, you know, my whatever, my little notebook, wherever I had it. Um, and that was my goal. It was, okay, how many shakes do I need to drink a day? And when he, he would even tell me how to, like, exercise a little bit. And he was like, man, you be thicker than Trina if you do this. And probably was more so the sales at that point because he was just trying to get me to buy it. But it was just a... It was a real nagging season for me. I'm, I'm saying I was obsessed. It was an obsession. And I was just like, man, when I look back on it now, just to think the pressure that I had without social media at that age. And I think about the pressure our girls have now with social media at, you know, 15. And see, that is a lot. And so I will say this. I like mothers aunties grandmothers listening and you cannot um scold them or make them feel bad for having feelings like this because i know i wasn't the only one i'm sure and then with social media being out here now when your babies come home and start talking to you about how they look and and feeling shame you got to build them up you can't be negative about it you can't be like oh girl please you 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 don't need to be looking like somebody else you got to ask them where that came from because when you get to the root of it, then you can start to help them with it. But don't get mad at them. Don't be negative about it. Because at some point you were insecure about what you look like, you know. And I think that the perception is, just, oh, you just need to stop being on social media. But but that's not always it. That may be what makes it worse. But, you know, it was me being in a circle of friends who they never once said anything negatively about my size but you can be with a great group of girls and still be insecure not because they're saying anything to make you feel that way but you see the way that they look and that I think every girl goes through a phase like that and there are still grown women and I'm grown that have insecurities um, my insecurities are in check because I make sure they are. And we're going to talk about that at the end of the episode. I want to give you practical ways to keep your insecurities in check. And obviously also being delivered from many of the insecurities. But I think no matter how much um, <clears throat> deliverance we experience as women, as like whoever, as people, there will always be some insecurity. You know what I mean? I think that's just human nature, but you should not be obsessed with your insecurities. So for me, that was the, the looks part. Um, even hearing you're cute for a dark skin girl was mind boggling to me, but I'm going to tell you what set me free from that, which is ironic. <laughs> 
Um, when I, I didn't hear that a whole lot, but I heard it enough that it started to make me wonder what was wrong with being quote unquote, a dark skinned girl, but me alone set me free. And so honestly, my complexion, I, I, and I thank God for that. It may not always be the Bible or scripture that sets you free, whatever God, whatever is used to set you free. And it's a positive thing look go go for it and I say that because it wasn't until I saw Nia Long it was obviously 19 what 95 1995 four or five and so at that point I'm like 10 and when I saw her in Boys in the Hood it that was it for me that was it she was the darkest prettiest woman in Hollywood I had ever seen and I was cool with my complexion <laughs> like I never like I said really had an issue with my complexion but seeing her and then what was so crazy when I saw her in Boys in the Hood and then hearing men talk about me alone being like the prettiest, the top, like I was sold. So for me, and this goes to representation and I'm going to talk about that in a future episode. Representation is important when you see us in every space and we're being represented fully in who we are, because I think at Boys in the Hood, I'm sure she had on a little makeup for the sake of movie, but she really was barefaced because they were kids. And I was like, she is so pretty. And then years that followed, you always heard guys talk about their crush was me along. And she was the prettiest woman in Hollywood. And I was like, oh, well, shoot, I'm dark skinned too. Let's get it. You know, so for me, thank God <laughs> I had, you know, a positive representation on television. Um, And even just thinking about family matters, you know, Laura Winslow was dark skinned to me. Um... And she was definitely dark, darker than her best friend, Maxine. And I'm not, let me just make this clear for a disclaimer. I am not one of those women caught up in light skin, dark skin, brown paper bag. No, that, that's not how I roll. Like melanin is melanin and we pop regardless. I'm just saying my, what I saw growing up, that representation was important for me to see someone who looked exactly like me in the sense of skin tone because of some of the things that were said around women who were dark skinned. So that was my body shaming, you know, moments. Um, now let me get to number two with the identity. So when it comes to my identity, I feel like I started getting attacked at a really young age. And here's the weird thing. I feel like things shifted when what I was given outwardly didn't reflect how I really felt inwardly. So you could struggle with your identity in the area like that. And what I mean was, um, or what I mean is, I was super bubbly, very outgoing, very joyful, very kind-spirited. That was like what I gave out. But it almost felt like a facade because my internal structure didn't really, <clears throat> excuse me, represent that. And that's really hard I felt like what I was putting out I wouldn't say it was necessarily fake I, I wanted people to be joyful around me and I was always funny always comical I was a class clown so I definitely always had joy I always had people laughing but for some reason there was like an internal struggle telling me like that still wasn't enough that there was something else I needed to put out in order to be accepted and loved and so what I will say was one of the things that the Holy Spirit wanted me to share was this fake persona that I would put on using my environment as protection. Um, I actually envied girls who had 
like guys to protect them. And I'll give you an example of what I mean so we understand how this really falls with identity. So I've always had an outgoing personality, always been extremely um, just a social butterfly. Even though I enjoy being by myself, I don't know. Somebody called it social introvert. I don't even like labels, but I love people, love being out there, like socially connecting and getting to know people. But I'm also very, very comfortable with just like chilling on my own. You go your way, I go my way, being at home. And I think that's a writer thing because, you know, we love kind of, we, we need that time alone as a writer and we enjoy it. We relish in it. But my identity, I really believe started being attacked around middle school because that same thing that people loved about me was also the same thing that really kind of stared some people away from me. Um, when you're super like outgoing and bubbly and joyful for those who are not like that, or for those who may struggle with that area of their lives, like they could be mean all the time or whatever the case may be. I remember hearing a few people and, and sometimes my, my, um, family members, like, why are you always so hype? Like, calm down. And I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm supposed to be a happy kid. Like you want me to be angry? That doesn't make any sense. And I really struggled with that because when you're a kid, you're you're already trying to figure out where you belong, the space you fit in, um, who you are, and you're growing into that. And so if I could drop a gem right here, I would say to parents, if you have a child who's always extremely excited and happy, don't automatically, not that anyone did this to me, but don't automatically denote that to them being hyper and, you know, you having too much sugar. That was something that I heard so much growing up. It was annoying, you know, like you have too much sugar. Well, how about you give me something to put this happy energy into something positive? Why would you want me to be, when I see some of the teens today and some of our youth, they are angry. They are like they're hurting they're dealing with things that most of us wouldn't even deal with as adults um and so when you look at the reverse I definitely was a super happy kid and that's not to say I didn't have issues and I wasn't mean I've talked about my temper before but I definitely was an outgoing bubbly kid and sometimes I found that it wasn't well received so then I started to revert as I got closer to high school and I started to be mean even I mean, even more me, it was like, yo, I'm tired of being nice because it does not get you anywhere in life. And I know that there are other people who struggle with this area and why that ties to your identity is because that's a being nice, being kind, being if having a very, you know, um, exciting and joyful spirit. That's part of who you are. That's part of your, your characteristics and your personality. And so to shut that down, it could really cause trauma because now you're putting on a fake persona. You're pushing out something that you're really not just for the sake of thinking, I need to protect myself because people clearly don't like the nice version of me. And so when I say my environment, I started to kind of adapt to my environment. You know, these girls in North Philly want to give me attitude, they gonna get it back. Cause you ain't gonna punk me, that's for sure. Like, you know, I really kind of started to build up this brick wall and it was not healthy. Um, it definitely took me to a place even where when I say um, envy girls who had protection. So I want to clarify that. There was a time with this quote unquote fake persona that I would put out where 
I would hear girls at high and you know in school or just being on the sub and it was crazy seeing girls with their brothers or their male cousins because I actually my brother's always been eight years older than me obviously <laughs> he is eight years older than me that sounded so silly but he is eight years older than me but a lot of people I knew had cousins who were like in high school too or um, were around their age group male cousins or their brother was kind of like exactly in their age group even if they went to a different school when we would all like link up together or they would come meet them after school the protection that they had that was like envying for me and here's the crazy thing I used to feel some kind of way that when I would see somebody having someone protect them like literally visually um a guy messing with them and they like man, man I'm calling my brother and the brother would come up and it would go down now I'm not saying I didn't have any protection in my life like that but um obviously with my brother being so much older and then all of my uncles being you know obviously full grown I often felt like I was by myself in that space which caused me to get into arguments with guys because I'm like well I'm I, all I got is me you know what I mean and going back and forth and I mean toe to toe <laughs> and it didn't matter who they were so I'm saying it to say that I just because I put out that fake persona then I started to envy the things I saw around me um that spoke more to the fake persona than who I really was and don't let this this part confuse you it's not about again that I was fake per se because I think that should even be clear like what it means to be fake and when you're doing something and you know that's not who you really are versus like a fake persona that you've kind of created to protect you from who you really are because you don't want people to take advantage of the person that you really are so it was a very confusing stage for me very very confusing um even the way I'm sure it, it, it's being explained today might come off a little confusing but it definitely was a a struggle area for me and I'm I'm able to admit that um the world wanted me I feel like because the world even at even years back when I was a teenager the world to me was very cool at times and I was just like I'm just going to be cool right with it but that's not really who I was so it's just you know you got to really navigate that identity space um and then the last area uh, is more so my adult years. Definitely, I would even say recently. When did I launch? So 2016 is when I launched my writing business. So yeah, we're talking four years ago. So by now I'm a full grown adult. And when it comes to career and purpose, I struggled in that area because when God called me to be a writer and I stepped away from um, medicine, or the medical field um, from nursing and thinking I wanted to do pre-med and be a doctor. I mean, I was enrolled in all of that. Um, and God shifted gears to being a writer and I finished my degree in journalism. Once I really started to step into that and once I really started to walk into that, let me just say this. This is another thing I want to point out with identity before I move into careers, but it all ties together because I, I wanted to be clear that when I experienced success, graduating from Temple, um, graduating from high school, graduating from grad school even, this is when I really noticed that something was off because I was never happy. I wasn't excited. I remember being done Temple and just like, I remember being in my cap and gown 
standing on like right across the street uh on the other side of the Leah Cora Center in the well McGonagall Hall and we I think we were walking back to the car or I was waiting for my mom and I don't know what it was but I just remember the vision of myself standing there with my diploma in my hand and feeling defeated even then so I think I talked about depression and and mental health in the first episode of mental illness and I think that then I kind of was already disconnected from my purpose because I was just like confused. I I didn't understand why every time a milestone was reached and I talked about the enemy fighting me throughout my entire life. I didn't understand why whenever a milestone was reached, I felt like it was just the way I felt inside did not match my outside accomplishment at all because I knew that there was something else playing in my life. So moving into purpose, when I say Um, When God shifted me to be a writer, I got my diploma and I'm excited, you know, but there, of course, were no callbacks from magazines and, you know, wanting to do journalism and be a magazine writer. Um, There wasn't any open doors and I've really started to feel defeated. But of course, you keep going. Um, I think naturally the perception is when you finish school, you're going to have a job in your field. Well, now we know that ain't the case, but, you know, then I we. I wasn't really sure of that. You know, I graduated in 2007 from Temple. So you're talking 13 years ago. Yeah, you heard it here and there, but it wasn't necessarily the norm. And so I started to doubt I had even walked into the right field, even though I knew God had transitioned me to a different major while I was in college. So 2016, I launched my writing business. I had just parted ways from my ebook publisher um, when my contract was done. And I decided not to resign. And here I am, and I'm excited. Okay. Matter of fact, I was in LA. This is the first time God called me to Hollywood when I launched this business. And I was like, I'm going to do a writing business, help others, writing consulting writing, um, editing, you know, helping people with their manuscripts. And I actually started it in 2013 when I came back from South Korea. And it kind of, for those three years, struggled a little bit because I really could not get my first client. And it was devastating. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So I, I tried it again in 2016 after being with the publisher because now I have more experience and a different perspective. So here's the the part where I struggled a lot. It was like, if you ever, and I'm going to be very transparent here, very transparent, because I think this is so key for a lot of women to unlock freedom for a lot of girls and a lot of women. So around this time, there was about four other women I knew in my same space. So we all had literary businesses or businesses that revolved around writing, editing, you know, helping people with their manuscripts. And we rooted for each other. I actually am a firm believer that if someone is where you want to be in their business, link up with them. And I remember reaching out to one of my colleagues in Atlanta. We linked up. We did something together. Um, It was a lot of challenges around bringing forth it was just a webinar we were doing together a lot of challenges popped up but we got through it we were able to find a unique way to get it done so I learned a lot but because I loved what she was doing and I admired her so I reached out I was like hi you know is there any chance we could work together and I forgot how we started following each other but 
I was real transparent and honest that I wanted to work with her and she was with it. And, you know, I put everything together. She, even though she had more experience than me um, in the business part of it, I definitely, she was very humble, um, took my idea and we just ran with it. So that's a blessing. And I throw that out there to say, like, when you are feeling insecure in a business space that you see other people succeeding in, you don't need to let your insecurity speak louder than your desire to see your business grow. So you need to go, like I said, you don't have to reach out to everybody, but connect with someone and say, Hey, can we collab? Cause maybe this will help both of us. And so I watched these women um flourish in the same exact business i had literally the same exact business and these are not women that i just looked at on social media and compared um three of them i knew well two of them i knew on a personal level and the other two i knew through social media but I still knew like when they started and different things because they put it out there. Like we would connect via social media. So again, I didn't just open up my social media apps and be like, oh my gosh, look at this girl doing this. Look Again, two of them I, I knew on a personal level. So I'm a firm believer in rooting for everybody and pushing them forward. But it didn't, it doesn't mean just because you're happy for others that you are unhappy for yourself. So I struggled extremely hard for several years from about 2016 um, until last year when God actually told me to walk away from that business. Um, I feel like if it ain't fruitful or if it's not consistently, if you don't see it growing or something's not really moving and you need to rethink that, don't keep beating a dead horse. Um, and just because I am gifted as a writer does not mean I have to have a writing business. That was another thing I learned. So when I say that I struggled, it doesn't mean that I was envious of these women. I just struggled in that area because whenever there was a moment connected to my writing, I found myself coveting and comparing. So for those who are are unclear what coveting is, it's literally, I, I like identifying something your neighbor or your friend or whoever has and you're coveting it it's in your mind you think about it all the time you desire it you really want what they have um and i believe that you can covet without being jealous and i know that sounds crazy but what it means is i have no problem with you having it i'm actually happy for you girl you gave me inspiration but now i really need that even if it's a different color you know different size you know if I'm talking about a car or something like that different color different size but I really want one of those and then you just start thinking about it all the time and you'll do anything to possibly get it that's kind of coveting okay to me jealousy is she shouldn't have that I want what she has I got it you know I'm better than her that to me is more of a jealous spirit you know what I'm saying so um because I could ride down the street and see somebody I don't even know with a bag and I'm not a bad girl I'm not really all into handbags but see somebody with a bag I like that don't mean I'm jealous of her per se because once I pass her I'll never see her again maybe but I see that bag and now it's my I'm coveting I need it I go online and I search it and google it and I gotta have it gotta have it gotta have it that to me is more so coveting um so with that being said I struggled with even then my identity because now God has called me to be a writer and now I'm trying to figure out um 
why this thing is not manifesting the way I think it should. And why is it that I'm working just as hard and implementing unique ideas and like I see other women in my field, we, we, we know each other, we connect. They actually compliment me on how well I'm doing and I'm not, but they're not seeing that I'm not getting the clients. And I'm going to say this, I, I went as far as to even link up with that same colleague in Atlanta because I say all the time, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. That same colleague in Atlanta linked up with her and literally started to um but I ended up being one of her freelance editors on her team and I got more work that way than I did necessarily trying to promote my own editing rates and my own um services so that's the that's the crazy thing about it but I again hey you get in where you fit in but it, it still left me feeling depleted at the end of the day because I didn't understand why it worked for them and why it didn't work for me and I was like, God, here was the key question I asked God before I move on. Like, why am I struggling so much in the very area you told me to use my gifts? Would I have struggled this much being a nurse? Like, I don't, I'm not saying they don't, but I don't know no nurses that's in the hospital with another nurse talking about something. Oh my gosh, like her scrubs look better than mine. Like, I, I'm like, no, we all make, at least if we graduated around the same time you know we are likely to make the same hourly wage we're likely to work the same you know three days 12 hour shifts or whatever I don't need to be jealous of you girl we, we make the same we got you know these benefits is popping <laughs> like but I think that for some reason it was so frustrating like you told me to to use my gifts you told me to um switch my major and here I am in the very area that you told me to walk um, in purpose, or at least to discover that I had purpose and I'm struggling. Did not make any sense to me. So I do want to point out this. For the sake of our sanity, there have been women struggling with insecurity since the beginning of time. I'm going to just touch on a few of these women, but let me just make this clear. This is not a like isolated, unique thing. Like I said, there's everyone I know and everyone that exists on the face of this earth struggles with some form of insecurity. You could have a brother who got a brother and a father and he struggles and he's insecure because the father might give a little bit more favor or show more favor to the son who's want to step into the family business and then the other son who decided he wanted to create his own path he might even make more than the brother who's in the family business but the father might favor that son a little bit more and that son who's making more he may be doing very well for himself I mean he killing it but the father just kind of favors this 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 son better you know it's it's one of those things where it can happen to anybody. And now that son who was doing extremely well, though he didn't follow the family business model, is probably insecure as I don't know what, because his father didn't doesn't affirm him as much as he affirms the son who chose to follow in the footsteps of the father. So it's just something that we all struggle with. Um, but I wanted to point out a few women in the Bible who definitely struggle with insecurities. Um, Eve, our, our good mother Eve, she was the first woman in the Bible we see that the enemy was able to tempt with what she didn't have and made her feel like she needed more. And that's what insecurity does. It always makes you feel like you're lacking something 
and you have to go looking for what you think you need. Um, Esther, Queen Esther, she wasn't even sure she could pursue the purpose God had given her. Um, she definitely questioned herself along the way, but there was something pulling her forward into purpose and she had the right counsel in her life, which was her cousin Mordecai. But there were definitely times where you can just tell from reading the story of Esther. Um, I encourage you to read that book, especially as young ladies. I encourage you to read the book of Esther in the Bible, but her cousin Mordecai, there was, you could just tell from the times that they connected and he had to coach her that he was encouraging her. Um, you know, even the most competent queen <laughs> is going to kind of question and maybe be a little indecisive question herself. So Esther, in my opinion, probably carried some insecurities because she was like, can I really save my people? Um, not to mention it was a beauty pageant. It was what we would call today a beauty pageant because she had to be prepared and be chosen amongst other women before even becoming um, the king's wife. So I'm sure within and of that self that was challenging. Will I be chosen? Um, Hannah, our girl Hannah didn't even have a child and she was married. And then to make matters, matters worse, we had good old Penina, who was another woman, another wife, who teased her about it. Um, and there was, she felt a void. She definitely was insecure about being a wife and a woman and not having a baby. And I know that is a lot of women's narrative today. Um, and she wanted more and eventually God blessed her with a son. But there was definitely some insecurity there. Um, and even though there was someone who provoked her to be more insecure by teasing her about not having a baby, um, Hannah's heart was already heavy before that, if you read that story. So, and that's in Samuel. Um, I do want to touch on... So, here's some of the things I do to keep my insecurities in check, right? I think it's important to always give practical tips like we're not trying to walk around um <laughs> just like sharing our stories we really gotta help people through our stories so some of the things that help me overcome my insecurities and will help me to keep my insecurities in check the first thing I would say is I asked God what it was he saw in me um I I'm not saying it came out in those exact words but it essentially boiled down to how do you see me, God? And what I've noticed today is the very things I may have been insecure about in my past are the very things that God is using to bless and help others. So key example, when people would say when I was young that I talk too much, and I'm not so much talking about like my teachers because I definitely talk too much in class and I shouldn't have been. But I'm more so just talking about um, even family sometimes like I did. I talk a lot. I can go on for hours. I definitely have the gift of gab and I'm actually OK with that. So um, but at a young age, when you constantly hear somebody saying, um, you know, just telling you maybe to be quiet and you talk too much and sit down somewhere, whatever, it can kind of put a little damper on your spirit. Um, and I'm thinking like, well, who will want to hear my voice, you know, and here it is. God is using my voice on the platform. So that's what you have to kind of ask God. Like, what do you see? The very thing that you may feel is irking someone else or getting on somebody else's nerves, whether you're a young um, teenage girl or even an adult, you begin to realize that, Hey, look, God's going to use this somehow, some way he will. Um, 
some of the maybe very same brothers who may have just a few who may have thought I was, you know, cute for a dark skinned girl. Um, I've actually run into a few brothers who, um, when I was younger, like we may have grown up together or something, or just kind of been in the same spaces, definitely ran into a few of those brothers in college. And obviously the narrative is now different, but I'm good. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm good. And it's not necessarily about dissing people back that dissed you, but I'm just speaking from the perspective that the very thing that I used to really despise about myself became something that I embraced. Um, I embraced the fact that I was able to wear, um, you know, maybe shirts that other women couldn't wear or, wearing you know the dress that I wanted or the outfit I wanted because some of the women who were thicker and some of the girls who were thicker than me couldn't necessarily wear some of the things that I wore so I was able to be free with my clothing and I don't mean I've never been one to show anything but I just mean like because I didn't have to worry about uh, extra weight or being too thick for a pair of jeans clearly that wasn't an issue for me so I really started to embrace it um, more so in college um but here's what's very unique about this moment in college while i was at temple i started meditating on this scripture it's actually going to be our closing scripture but i'm going to read it now and it's in first peter 3 3 through 4 and what it says is don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles expensive jewelry or beautiful clothes verse 4 you should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to god and that's actually the message translation i literally kept that verse in a word document on my flash drive at temple and i'm not even sure what led me to go to that verse but i actually remember a homie of mine that was a kappa he was like he came into the computer room and sat next to me we were talking because i had an organization and he they were helping and he was like yo print that out for me he saw what was on my screen and i was like what he was like that the, the scriptures and i was like oh okay and it was a few more on the page it wasn't just that one but that one was at the top and i did and i think that's the thing that people always saw in me and i oh this just hit my spirit and i need to share it i was always an evangelist I always shared Christ, even in my most ratchet, just ratchet days, rebellious days. I always shared Christ and people identified that with me. They actually, when I would talk about that, that's what would pull them in more. And I think there were people who knew that I was kind of bucking against who I really was and trying to like walking this fake persona of being mean and tough and they're like Maya that's not even who you are and I remember one day him that same guy like when we went to one of the meetings for what we were working on together he actually kind of said something smart and sarcastic about me being tough and I think it's because again people saw the beauty in that that beautiful spirit that I had and that unique spirit that I had and being you know very God-fearing and, and loving God and sharing God and so if they saw something different even though he didn't hang around me every day to really pinpoint who I was I think people just knew I think people just knew but when I started going back to the scripture meditating on that scripture when I was in college 
I wasn't even sure why. And this is why it's so important. I always say your spirit man knows what you need. It knows what every part of you needs. So if you feed your spirit, you will feed your life. And the reason why I say that is because how was it that in the midst of having low self-esteem and at one of the most insecure times in my life, which was definitely my college years, God had me meditating on and speaking a scripture over my life that I didn't even know I needed. Didn't even know I needed it. Didn't even know what led me to it, which now I know was the Holy Spirit. But at the time, I was just like, oh, okay, this is a this verse is really decent. But you know what it was? Because it was a cry. It was a little girl still crying on the inside of me saying, I don't really like the way that I look. I don't really like even the way maybe I talk. I, I need something to help me through this. And I definitely needed that scripture in college because on a campus like Temple University, beautiful women everywhere. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's clear and evident that, um, God knew exactly what I needed. And I even knew one of the things I'll say about myself, whether I was, like I said, I might've been living in sin. I might not have been always doing right, but I knew that Bible had every answer I needed. And I gravitated to it. Like it was my, like it was another college textbook. Like it had my answers. And that's why I always encourage our babies and our women. Like, listen, you're gonna make mistakes it's just going to happen just like last week when I talked about heartbreak heartbreak and rejection is a part of life it's just going to happen right but the difference between being insecure out in this world and using social media as a way to get through it which I don't even understand that that's almost like counter and product like that makes no sense to I feel this way let me go on social media and feel even worse but it's like even in the midst of the the hell you're gonna walk through at times when you got that bible walking through hell it makes a hell of a lot of difference so um i i push it because i know it sets people free and i know it delivers you but it's so true um and then the second thing I started doing was I just started spending more time with God. I mean, here it is, is. This is the person who created me, right? Then I need to spend more time with him than I need to with people. Because when I was searching for answers about the way I felt, people didn't have those answers. Like, I started to realize that people could tell you you're beautiful all day long. They can tell you that you're doing good all day long. But if you don't feel it yourself and if you don't know how to speak positive about yourself, those words are just hitting nothing. But they're basically coming at you and repelling right off of you. And so I had to really... Um, I talked about seclusion on the last episode. I had to make it work to my advantage. I used those times where God would separate me from people when I wanted to always hang out and people were rejecting me or when I wanted to hang out and plans were falling through and canceling. I, I started taking it as a sign. Um, and I'm not saying that was like the only thing that would happen that would make me run to God. But I started saying, okay, God, instead of looking at these quote unquote lonely times as a means to 
me being frustrated and wondering let me just make good use of this time um and I wanted to learn me that was the thing like I knew that there were women in my family that struggled with self-esteem um that had low confidence I I could see it I mean nobody has to tell you those things especially if you struggle with it yourself you kind of start to see the signs insecurities plague the women in my family greatly um definitely know that and even the men so for me I was like I need to learn me okay I need to learn me and the only time in my opinion the only person who can really teach you you is the person who created you they're the only ones who have the answers to who you are why you were made the way you were um what you need to do to change anything you don't like about you and for me the the main thing I didn't like was my nasty attitude so the only person that can change that was God um the next thing now I did this in May of this year, this I actually did this, but I will say that there were definitely times when I look back where I did this exercise, but maybe in a different way, especially when I was um, in South Korea teaching. But in May of this year, I wrote down 13 things that I love about myself and I actually put it in my phone notes and I go back to that list every time I need to. And at this point, much of it is committed to memory. And when I read it one day, I was laughing because I was like, this is so true. Like, I'm really cool. <laughs> but I keep it in my phone. Um, and this leads me to the next thing that I do now. I don't know if anybody knows this, but I had shared this with my therapist when I was in therapy back in um, April. And I said, I text myself. And I was like, did you know that you can actually text yourself? I was like, I don't know if it's on all phones, but I know on my iPhone, I could text myself. And so I'm actually going to read a few things for you. I'm going to share my heart with you guys. But I think it's really important to find unique ways to love on yourself. Um, you can't always look to people that you're in relationship with or people outside of you because that's not never it. I don't want to say it doesn't help. It Of course it helps. You need people around you that see you the way God see you. And that are going to speak positively to you and about you. But I definitely think you have to build yourself up. You have to build yourself up every day. Or else, you know, something will tear you down. So um, here's an example. Like on Saturday, May 9th, I sent myself this message. And I started doing it um, in April. But I said, Maya... You are deserving of healing, love, joy, and peace. And what's cool about texting yourself is it texts you again because you're texting yourself. So you see it twice. Um, and then May 17th, I wrote, stop replaying the past. It's over. And the more you harp on it, the more energy you take away from your present and future. And then on May 24th, life has waged war against me because I am an element of surprise. I am a mighty weapon in God's arsenal. Um... June 12th, walking in love is a moment by moment process that requires constant crucifixion of my righteous indignation. I choose love over being right and I choose love over my feelings. Um, June 18th, today you have everything you need and you are valuable. Keep pressing into all that God has called you to and continue to share your story. So the reason why I think that it's so important is because what do we always have in our hands 24-7? 
I don't care if we're for some people I don't text at work I work at a bank and plus I think it's unprofessional and it's rude um to my managers to just be thinking like I don't have kids I don't you know what I mean I don't have anything that like an emergency going on in my life or anything where I need to be rude like I, I'm just one that follows the rules why make life hard for yourself but um we have our phones all the time you know, when you're on lunch, when you're at home, especially for our babies, you got to start sending yourself some positive messages. Text yourself because when you open it up and make sure you try to send something to yourself several times a week so that text message thread pops up to the top um, because you know how more people text you than it goes down to the bottom. So you got to keep that as your top. And you know what I label? I actually saved my contact my number because apple shows you like you know your contact and stuff i saved my number under i forgive you maya with my picture with one of my favorite pictures of myself and at the time this was like an exercise for therapy that i did on my own she like my therapist didn't even know you could text yourself but i saved it under i forgive you maya because i was walking through forgiving myself but I'm actually about to change it because, you know, now that I've healed and I've walked through that process, I can change it to something like, um, I love you, Maya. Like, it's just a daily reminder and affirmation. So you do it as much as you need to do it. Um, I'm not saying you can't do it on an on a Android I believe you can. I mean, if you send a text to anybody else, you can send a text to yourself. But I'm telling you, this has been something that has truly helped me. And while I may have just started doing that this year because I wanted it in my face all the time, um, throughout my life, there have been times where I have written. I have old documents from when I was in Temple where I had affirmations. You are strong. You know, you are like I had affirmations. And one of my sets of affirmations had Bible verses to go with it. So you're going to have to speak over. Over yourself even when no one else is you're gonna have to get to a place where even before you believe what you are saying you're gonna have to say it and you're gonna have to say it constantly you're gonna have to say it through tears you're gonna have to say it through moments of extreme doubt and you're gonna have to say it with the enemy bullying you telling you that everything you're saying is a lie it's just facts this is not an easy journey to walk through and it's not an easy part of healing who we are as women but it's a very traumatic part that needs to be brought to the forefront and covered by the gospel and covered by the word of god in a way that you that it can help you you know sometimes it's not going to be a sermon sometimes it's not going to be that pastor mentor or that big sister at your church that actually helped that actually helps you get to that place especially now where we're in a, a time of quote-unquote self-quarantine and even though some of the quarantine is over you know we're still in spaces where we're we're by ourselves because not everything is open again you know and so you're gonna have to and sometimes parents are like no you can't right now hang with your friend um, every day I'll I'll make it so you know y'all can meet at a park once a week so you definitely are in for my babies and even for my, my mamas and my aunties and you know my cousins and grandmothers on you know listening in you're in a space where you're probably more alone than you've ever been right because our world has shifted so you're gonna have to really dig deep and I believe this exercise is probably gonna be your first because you're gonna have to find a way to speak life 
in areas and in places and doing it in a unique way, whether it's your phone and texting, writing some things you love about yourself and sending that via a text message. Cause I actually did that too. That very same list that I wrote in my notepad on my phone, I texted to myself. I copied and pasted and texted. So you are going to have to build. That's how you overcome your insecurities and you keep them in check. You got to keep them in check. Um, the next, um, I'm going to give just three more things and then I got to finish this out because it's so important for me to make sure that I'm giving you this episode I knew was going to be probably one of the longest ones because it's one of the heavier topics and it's one of the most traumatic things for women. Um, that insecurity will plague you and it can literally stop you from even walking into so many of the promises God has for you. So one of the other things I do, this is number five, I celebrate others as much as possible and I am extremely genuine in my celebration. So even when I did not like the way I looked, even when I was down and out, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I was never jealous of somebody or never envious because that would be a lie from the pits of hell. I absolutely was. But as I got older, especially in college at Temple, especially for for black women, um, I saw the need, I actually was trying to be a part of a sorority. So I saw the need of trying to build, you know, womanhood and sisterhood. And I didn't really understand, you know, trying to connect with women and them sometimes being mean about it. But I say that to say that when I would celebrate others and I would be like, wow, she killing it. Um, I would meet a young lady and she tells me she's studying education. I had a mentor organization at Temple where I recruited college students women to mentor young girls in the neighborhood um so I definitely was all about like women empowerment and trying to um support my mentors you know there were times when some of my mentors would be like struggling with their mentee and I'm just like oh you got it you know you can do it that's why you you know we picked you So I definitely was very encouraging to others and definitely would celebrate others. Even when I was struggling between before I completely transitioned, when I was struggling between doing pre-med and journalism, I still um, was like excited when I would meet somebody. I remember this one young lady and I think she was two years behind me. And when she told me she was doing engineering, you would have thought she was my daughter because to hear a black girl, um, she was from Merlin and to hear a black girl talk about like, oh, I'm studying, I think it was chemical engineering. It was just something. And she was doing an assignment. We were in the computer room together. And I was like, you better go because <laughs> your girl over here ain't trying to do nothing involved with STEM. Okay. I sort of was when I was studying chemistry and pre-med, but your girl understood that was not her strength. Okay. And so I was more than willing to applaud another woman <laughs> walking through some doors that I know I ain't. <laughs> I ain't built to walk through because the way me and uh, math and science is set up, we don't get along. Now, I was a student in math, very good at math, but I'm just saying we don't get along. Just because I was good at something doesn't mean I want to do it. So, <laughs> so for me, honestly, celebrating others was genuine. Um, and I actually would give out so many compliments. You want to know why? Because I was insecure and I longed to hear people say those things back to me. So sometimes you do have to put out what you want back and it may come back through a different person, but you're going to get it back. And then lastly, like you have to build up your confidence on the right things. Um, I think the challenge and why people feel so insecure is because your looks will change. Um, I never struggled with acne 
as a teenager but baby today i am trying to figure out why acne needs to know my first middle and last name acne i need you to exit stage left because you are popping up way too much for my liking so you know your looks will change <laughs> and, and let me just say this i drink nothing but water for the last like 13 years all i drink is water i'm not saying i don't have the occasional ginger ale maybe when you go like to well when you used to go to like a cookout or something and all they had was like a coke yeah i would grab a soda but your girl is like 90 percent water so I got a problem with the fact that these these bumps is just like coming out of nowhere sometimes. And I eat good. I'm 85% healthy. Your girl stays at Trader Joe's every week and she is always on it. Salads, fruits, and vegetables, all of that. So when you have breakouts coming up and you try to figure out what the heck is going on in these streets, that is very frustrating. But your girl walks out the house every day walking in her anointing and confident that it is going to be a beautiful day and that people are going to see my beauty regardless of what these bumps are trying to say. Hence, you got to build yourself up before you walk out the door. But I will say this, you got to build up your confidence on the right things. If you're building it up on your looks, you're always going to be frustrated because again, your looks will change. So I actually grew into my frame very well. Um, I actually was thick for several years and, you know, I didn't necessarily consider myself thick, but ooh, like I said, attention changes, you know, as you get older and again it wasn't that I needed to be at that point I understood who I was but my you, you will fill your body out you know you become an adult you fill out whatever the case may be but to my point your looks will change because the way I'm built now I wasn't built like just maybe five years ago and so if you are resting on that and building your confidence on your looks that's going to be the devastation because you're just going to keep on changing the way you look your seasons will change the other thing is the fact remains you're always going to see somebody prettier than you. that's just it you're always going to run into somebody that's prettier than you facts hands down get over it like that part I, I need for my girls to really let that go whether she airbrushed it whether she implanted it whether she botoxed it whether she injected it you're always going to run into somebody who quote unquote is prettier than you you're going to have to really like accept that and the reason why I'm so passionate about getting that across is because the look of someone has nothing to do with the character of someone and so when you're going on Instagram and you're going on social media and you're constantly comparing yourself to an image that you could never look live up to that is going to devastate your life so when you build your confidence on the right things like god character build up your personality like those that those things are okay like if you feel like man i feel like i could be a little nicer you know sometimes i feel like i'm a little snappy and moody great work on that work on what you can change don't go sit here saving and using your college funds for a surgery that you're going to regret because you want to look like somebody work on what you can work on which is your character development which is even your personality that is who you are i don't necessarily believe you can like change your personality but you can definitely like add and improve your personality you can add okay I, I want to be a little funnier you know what I'm saying now, I'm naturally funny but 
for some people, you know, that might not be, they're not like naturally funny, but you can be a little bit more lighthearted and a little bit more bubbly. And that may bring out a funnier side of you, if that makes sense. So I just need for you to really understand that when you build your care, build your confidence, I'm sorry, I call it confidence. Okay, build your confidence on God and character and personality and things of that nature and not so much your looks, because those are things that will shift. You got to build it on things that are lasting. Your character is who you is part of who you are. That's everlasting. God, build it. He's he never changes. Build your confidence on God. And even with your personality, that's who you are. You know what I mean? We see kids today on social media and we're like, man, their personality is crazy. That's who they are. Like six, seven year old little kids. Y'all know Zaza. Zaza is my girl. Zaza is my little cousin. And Zaza will have you crying on social media because them little dances and them faces she make, that's personality. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there are things that you're naturally born with and you can improve your personality, but you, to me, it's not really something you change, but there are definitely things about your personality that you can say, okay, God, I feel like, you know, I want to just be a little bit more, like I said, maybe funny or humorous and you just maybe you're funny and humorous is being lighthearted and not taking everything so serious or snapping and getting an attitude but that makes you a little bit more lighthearted so that you can kind of tap into your sense of humor okay so I just really think that that's something that breaks my heart to see girls kind of going through um because I I see it a lot Okay, and your girl even took Instagram off her phone for months because I, I don't really, yeah, social media, I'm not really addicted to like that. But um, I was, I ain't saying I never was, but yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna need for y'all to really get that in check. Um, my girl, Chrisette Michelle has a song called Visual Love. And I need for everyone to listen to that song. Now, the context of it is more so about guys who look at a woman and she basically is saying, no, I don't want you, bro, because you in visual love. You're looking at someone and saying you think you're in love when the reality of it is, how can you go by that and just be like, oh, man, I'm in love, man. Look at look at her. She looked it's a really dope song and I love it that's one of the reasons why I love Chrisette Michelle because she she be hitting them subjects in such a unique way and then her voice is definitely just it's, a, it's the bomb um I will say this and I'm just flowing with the Holy Spirit at this time so y'all just gonna have to bear with the episode listen to it in three parts if you have to but we just gonna keep it going the the one thing that I wrote down last night the night before I recorded this it was crazy because I had like my list of things that I felt were practical steps and points that could help someone overcome their insecurities and keep their insecurities in check. And then I got this, um, one of my favorite verses. Now this verse I discovered in my early twenties and it's Galatians six and four. Galatians six and four. Um, I'll read it in a second, but the point is fighting against comparison. So fight against comparison before it can trap you. You have to fight against comparison before it can trap you point blank period. Because if you are on social media and I'm going to read something that I wrote, um, while I'm pulling up this verse. 
it is i'm going to read it in the new living translation but what i wrote down was if you see something on social media and a thought starts to rise and it creates feelings of comparison or discontentment i hop off asap done shut it down i hop off and this is why you have to stop letting the enemy punk you into position and you have to let God place you into position. And what I mean by that is when you are on social media and you are comparing and you are going through all of these thoughts in your head about how you are inferior to someone that you don't even possibly know. Um, the enemy can literally convince you if you keep allowing that seed to be watered and nurtured can convince you to be doing something that you shouldn't be doing, whether in business, whether in your looks, whether in, you know, your identity, whatever it is, you might see a sister on there and she plackety plack, plackety plack, as Martin would say with the body. And you decide, you know what? I think I want to go try that lip gloss, which is fine. I'm not talking about like beauty tips, but like you really get to a place where you start following this girl. You're now stalking her. You can stalk a woman on Instagram. Um, as a woman, you definitely can. And you start like just really now you got her image ingrained in your mind and you feel like you need to go out there and just start to build the look of what she has. Subconsciously, you might not even realize you're doing it. And now a month or two later, you, you start to realize like, okay, I'm trying to really look like this person. And so to me, I'll use a business example. If you see someone in a similar industry as you, similar business, and then you begin to build what they're building, you might have started off with your own vision and y'all both are in the same industry. For me, it was writing. And y'all, you know, you start to see, okay, good. It's cool to be inspired. God, great. But then you start to really try to build the model that they're building because they're out there killing the game six figures a year first business six figures in a first year business right let me just say this that is a clear that's clear evidence that you're letting the enemy punk you into your position even if god told you you were going to have the same type well not the same type but you were going to have a business in that same like arena okay god may have said yes you're going to have a right in business she also has a right in business great but do not let the enemy punk you into your position god needs to place you in your position in your time and I am a firm believer. Wait, let me read this verse real quick because I'm, I'm really about to drop another gem on y'all. Galatians 6, 4 in the New Living Translation says, pay careful attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. I, I'm, I don't even need to say anything else. The word of God just told you. But what I will say, I am a firm believer that if you want my glory, you need my whole story. And what that means is if you want what I have now, you got to walk through what I walk through. And I, some of the people that you envy have walked through hell, literally with high heels on and have had to make the best of it. And then you see the end result and you want what they have. Then that means, baby girl, let me tell you a little bit about my, my background. So you understand that before you want to be one of the first people to write and publish three mainstream books in the same day if before you want to be a woman who is taught in in South Korea who has lived in Hollywood and have you know celebrity colleagues and friends and before you want to be a woman that has these two degrees and that has you know the the, the exposure that I was able to receive being my book being featured on a reel being and rolling out featured twice before you want any of that you're going to have to walk through an ectopic, ectopic pregnancy you're going to 
have to walk through my daddy not being there. You're going to have to walk through years of depression and even the times I thought I was schizophrenic. You're going to have to walk through the times where I cry myself to sleep at night. You're going to have to walk through the times where I let guys basically have sex with me because I just wanted someone to love me. You're going to have to walk through all of that too. And you see how that sounds? That is a part of my story, so I'm okay with that. I'm never ashamed of my story. But just understand, you don't get the end result without walking through the middle. And that's why it's a dangerous place to be, to compare yourself to someone else and to want what they have because you can't get the glory without the story. You, you I'm not going to let you. you. You see what I'm saying? So I just thought I should throw that out there. So that might give you a different perspective and a reality check on what happens when you're constantly in the vein of I want, I want, I want what well, she got, she got, she got. No, no, no. Go behind the scenes because behind the scenes, she got a lot more going on than you think. Okay. So, and I will say that just keep in mind too that when it comes to purpose and destiny, it does require seeds to be planted. And there was there will also be seasons where those seeds will be tended to. So it's only our job to plant and then it's God's job to bring the increase. And in between both, he decides who waters. You know what I mean? And what that looks like for you may be different than what it looks like for someone else. I'm going to be honest with you. When I be seeing, um, because I've met her several times, but when I be seeing Mar um, Marcia Martin killing it, I be like, man, she like, she, what is she, 14? She is killing the game. <laughs> like, first, she was the first, um, the youngest youngest actress to executive produce a project like it, it listen it, you you can always feel envious of somebody that is a, a fact i'm not saying i did of her i'm just using her as an example if you, if you look at it you got 11 year olds activists out here you got people killing the game at eight i just saw a post on social media of the day that said um meet six-year-old so-and-so she is uh the youngest ceo I, like you can always feel some kind of way about something but should you and do you that's the that's the question like you're gonna have to put that in check like i'm not about to be walking around jealous of no six-year-old little girl at six i was outside playing rope that's what i wanted to do at six and praise god for that i didn't want to be a business owner at six like but i'm applauding her black girl magic she is a great representation of girls anthem but i'm just making a point like you have to stop like you really gotta look at some of the things that that we're feeling insecure about and really kind of laugh at it like you gotta be like come on now i'm gonna need you to put that in check um so i i do want to just close this portion um i'm gonna drop a gem i'm gonna move forward with the gem that i want to drop and what i want to share and then we're gonna move on um to you know the the last portion of the show which is the girl file honoree um i'm going to read the closing scripture again and then i'm going to pray um i want to say this insecurities often subconsciously create rivals and this is people that we contend with either in our minds or in our lives and most of the time we're really contending with ourselves so I'll read it again. Insecurities often subconsciously create rivals. It's people that we contend with either in our minds or in our lives. Most of the time, we're really contending with ourselves. 
There's a book called Without Rival, and it's by Lisa Bevere. Um, she's an amazing minister of the gospel. Um, I admire her so much. She's a great woman of God. Um, and I have a, a couple of her books, and I have one of her husbands. But Lisa Bevere, um, she's the author. I think her bestseller, Without Rival, is a New York Times bestseller. But I think the first book she wrote that really got people's attention was Girls with Swords. A lot of people really talked about that book and loved it. I haven't read it yet but I want to share this from page 85 of without rival and this is um actually how we're going to close this portion out there is no lifetime achievement list or award that can ever write with assurance the words God alone can ascribe on your heart loved beautiful valued intimately known mine there is no lifetime achievement list or award that can ever write with assurance the words God alone can inscribe on your heart. Loved, beautiful, valued, intimately known, mine. You are God's and that is the way he feels about you. And he writes those words on your heart and you're going to have to start believing that you are loved, beautiful, valued and intimately known and you are his we'll be right back with our girl file honoree closing scripture and our prayer Hey guys, it's your girl Maya K again, and we are back with the final portion of our show. And this is our girl file honoree of this episode. I'm very amazed with this young lady. Had didn't even know who she was. So I'm all about um, discovering, you know, new people to celebrate. Haley Thomas. There's a quote on her website that I love, so I'm just gonna read it. Who we are is an endlessly emerging possibility. Haley Thomas is 19 years old. She's an international speaker, wellness and compassion activist, vegan food and lifestyle content creator, the youngest to graduate from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition as a certified integrative nutrition health coach at age 16, and the founder and CEO of the nonprofit HAPPY, which stands for Healthy, Active, Positive, Purposeful Youth. You better go, Haley. Haley founded Happy when she was 12 years old to redefine youth empowerment through holistic education and address the need for free, affordable plant-based nutrition and wellness education in underserved, at-risk communities. She's amassed a following of 100K on Instagram through sharing vulnerable, heart-centered content focused on introspection, self-care, activism, community work, and nourishing our individual and collective evolution. And she is just getting started. 90,000 plus youth have been impacted through speaking and happy initiatives. She has 10 years of speaking and teaching experience. She has 120,000 plus members in her online communities across social media. 
Haley has personally engaged over 90,000 people since beginning her activism in 2010. What inspired her to pursue this passion is one of her, um, her family actually successfully reversed her father's type 2 diabetes with healthy eating and lifestyle choices. And upon learning that kids were also increasingly being diagnosed with conditions like diabetes, heart disease, and obesity, um, that's when she decided, you know, I want to do something about this. All of Haley's programs, projects, and initiatives are geared towards engaging, educating, motivating, and empowering young people to prioritize self-care and nurture introspection to cultivate healthy and purpose-filled lives. Well, you know what, Haley? You better go with your vegan self because your girl here is still eating meat, and I'm okay with that. But I admire you, and I'm super proud of you. <laughs> for Listen, y'all know my it will be my it for girls. Um, no, but she actually has, um, or yeah, she has a book coming out. So I definitely want to push that. Um, I think it's so ironic that this episode drops on the 27th and her book comes out on the 28th. So I'm gonna need for all of y'all to go support this young black girl magic because she definitely is killing the game. Um, I don't even know if at 19, I was even this concerned with being healthy. (laughs) So shout out to Haley Thomas. Her book is called Living Lively. And it's 80 plant-based recipes to activate your power and feed your potential. You know what I love about this um, before we close? I really love, you know, I always tell people your health is your wealth. Now, I, I am, you know, 80, 85% healthy. I love eating healthy. I think it's important. I'm very conscious, always drinking water. Like I said, very, very health conscious. Um, I think it is so powerful to see a young woman this motivated to see her her community eating better because she realizes talk about being woke she realizes that um we're being diagnosed and when I say we our community the black community is being diagnosed with diseases that could take us out like shorten our purpose and shorten our time here on earth and she decided to do something about it I think it's cool that with her family, they were able to see a miracle with her father's type 2 diabetes being reversed. So that says a lot within and of itself. I love people who are walking it, but who have a great testimony um, that came from it. Like she's doing the work, but she's like, no, it really does work. You know what I mean? So um, because I'm always looking for a reason to be like, vegan ain't all that, you know, just because I want to just have my meat. But, you know, um, I'm teasing. But I really, really just think it's so dope. I'm actually excited to get the book while I may not use it right away because I can't wait to like be in my new home and my new kitchen and really can get down. But I want to support what she's doing. So just to reiterate, Haley's um, website is H-A-I-L-E-B Thomas. That's V as in Victor and then Thomas.com. And her book comes out on July 28th, which is um, Tuesday. It's the day after the episode drops. And I'm excited for her. So let's go ahead and support that black girl magic. She's trying to help your kids um, be better, eat better, and be healthy. And I think that's super cool. When when you see, even though she's 19, you got to remember she started this as a teenager. She's the youngest who was given um, certification 
through uh, the Nutrition Initiative at 16. So that means she's been working on this for a long time. And what she's trying to do is encourage your babies, your daughters to eat healthier. And I think that's really cool. Um, And I think you guys should do it together. So for my mamas listening in, you know, make sure you're doing it with your babies. That's what makes the difference. Family initiatives and family collaboration um, really help. So Remember, our closing scripture was actually a scripture that I already read. I just want to read it again. This is in the, I want to say the message translation, and then we're going to close in prayer. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. And again, I always say an hour max, right? That's usually what we, we have a vision for what we want to do, especially for podcasters. We have a vision like, okay, an hour. But I really feel like this is an area where so many girls and women will be set free. Um, and I always say, yes, your freedom's going to cost you something. And your freedom in this season, in this, you know, after hearing this episode, in this time, in this moment, maybe taking social media off your phone for a couple months. Um, when I had a speaking engagement back February 8th, I remember telling the young girls, I was like, just, just for one day, you know, I promise just for one day, take social media off your phone. And I mean, the looks of despair that came across their faces was like, dang, I just said a day. What the heck is going on here? I was just cracking up at the fact that they were just like, what? Like, they didn't even have to say anything. The look on their face at everything. But it's going to cost you something. Um, And I think you should challenge yourself, especially during this time where, again, we're spending more time at home. Challenge yourself, baby girls. Take the Instagram off the phone for a week. Put your phone down. Like, challenge yourself. And I even said this to them. All I'm saying is 24 hours. And write down how you feel when you're done. Tell me. I want you to be honest with how you feel after you've removed social media for 24 hours or just put it away for 24 hours. And if you if you're gonna deny the fact that you don't feel as heavy, I, I don't know something something's up. That's just my personal opinion. Um. So First Peter three three and four again, so you can take it with you. And if you want that verse for comparison that talks about not comparing Galatians six four, I would write that down and I would really keep that at the forefront of my confessions and my daily speaking over my life because it would definitely help you. Um, in that space. First Peter 3, 3, 3 through 4. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Father God, we just thank you for this time together and we thank you for speaking through me. Um, Even on, you know, I sometimes come to the microphone tired, but you just fill me up. The anointing drops and you just flow. So I want to first thank you for trusting me as always with these young ladies and these babies and their families and all the women connected to them. Um, Father, a lot of our girls are dealing with insecurities, um, some of them not even knowing where they came from. So I just ask that you would begin to speak to them, Lord, that you would begin to touch those areas of their lives that they feel um, are not valuable, um, whether it's the personality 
a quirky personality or it's a characteristic that they're just tired of dealing with or it's even with their looks. God, I ask that they trust you in this area. Sometimes we feel like an area in our lives belongs to us. We want to just handle it and take charge, but we have to learn to give everything over to you. Every concern we have, every thought process, everything that we're struggling with, we have to learn to take it to the throne. So I pray, God, that they would walk in this newfound freedom or begin to take steps towards becoming free in the area of insecurities. And while insecurities may pop up throughout our lives, no matter what, I don't believe that we have to be beaten down and plagued by our insecurities. So I want to pray that the chains that have been holding them um, in bondage would be broken off their lives in that area. I pray, Lord God, that they would use wisdom when going on social media, wisdom even when talking to uh, friends and loved ones. If people are saying things that do not make you feel comfortable about who you are, you have full permission to release them from your lives. If you are a, um, a teen girl and you feel like, well, you know, it's my mom that's being a little negative. I I can definitely understand the challenge. So my prayer is that you would find the safe space that you need to share with your mom how she makes you feel. That she would be open to hearing. And moms on the line, if you know that you yourself have had times where you have said things that did not make your daughter feel good about who she is, we... We want to just turn away from that right now, um, ask God for forgiveness, repent, and just turn over a new leaf. Um, I talked about the mother-daughter relationship being difficult before, so I just ask that you be honest. Honesty and transparency is what is going to set you guys free in this season. So I pray for our babies who are struggling in their minds and in their identities. I bind everything Um, as it pertains to social media that would try to get them to feel insecure about who they are. Sometimes you don't even have to go on. You could just be in the midst of your friends or in the midst of going on the internet to research something else and something will pop up. So I get it. We have images that inundate us every day that we didn't even ask to see. So I just want to pray a peace of mind over them. I want to pray that they would find um, what they love about themselves and start to speak to them, God, even now as they're listening. I pray that you've been just dropping and downloading um, information to them and words of wisdom and things that they can start to implement to really work through this area of their lives. So God, we just want to thank you that you see us. You see every part of us. You made us, you created us, you know who we are, and you are not ashamed about one thing that you created in this world. You made everything uniquely the way it is because you're going to use it in a unique way. So I thank you for giving them the peace to know that they're still working through their identity and that's okay. They're still coming into who they fully are and that's okay. We're not supposed to have it all together at this same time as our sister to our left or our right everybody's journey is different and just remember when you envy what God did for someone else he could want to do so much more for you so you have to be careful of that because comparison could actually be um sliding your own blessings and we want God to know that we love and appreciate everything he gives us even if we think we should have more so we thank you Lord God we praise you in Jesus mighty name amen uh, well, I hope you guys have fun. Um, I definitely have fun recording it. Um, and just know I'm here. Like we're in this together. 
one of the things that I wrote about the girl files is that we are getting transformed together. Even if I'm speaking on an area that I've already been healed of or going through, we're still getting transformed in this together. None of us are exempt from having any of these things that I've touched on so far come back up and try to creep back up because that's how the enemy does it. He's a punk. He walks up from behind and he sneaks you. He comes up and he knows what your past weaknesses are. He knows what you know you struggled with before and he will always try to use that thing and that's why they say in the word after deliverance happens if that place is empty and not filled then that same spirit that same demon will go and get seven others and come back and make it much harder for you to be delivered so that's why you don't just get delivered you got to replace that with something so if you get free from and i'm just speaking in examples if you get free from drugs and alcohol well now your life is empty of what you felt you needed to um numb the pain you're gonna have to find something else to help you with your pain or else you'll turn back to that very thing that used to help you numb the pain so just be mindful of when you walk in through your freedom and you walk in through your deliverance there's always going to be a moment where the enemy tries to plant a new seed or he tries to go back and reopen a door that you've closed so you got to use wisdom with the insecurity thing now does that mean you'll never ever have social media again absolutely not but until you're strong enough to be on social media for me i'm waiting for for my husband and I I want obviously you know one child I want a little girl and so when I see my I'm telling you my all my squad <laughs> is either engaged or married or you know having their babies or pregnant oh my whole squad from Atlanta to probably some of the people I knew in South Korea by now have been married but you know what so I find it joyful I find it beautiful but maybe five years ago I couldn't say that I would feel insecure and inferior to to people that were already walking in the dream that I wanted or the thing that I wanted but why can I look now and just be super happy and comment under my famous um some of my famous friends in Atlanta when they're killing it and you know why because I'm confident in what God gave me and who he's made me and while I know that I still long for some of those things when you think about a husband and a baby I also know that God is in the neighborhood he's about to ring my doorbell so I don't need to be envious of my next door neighbor because he rung their doorbell first I love y'all so much I hope that you do listen to the whole episode. I know it's a little longer than the others, but I promise you, I'm never going to get on this microphone and say something that God did not give me to say, because I do not take it lightly that he trusts me with you, um, that he trusts me to speak to you and that you trust me to speak to you. Um, and for like my mothers and aunties and grandmothers, you trust me to speak to your daughters. And that's definitely not something I take lightly. Um, so I pray this blessed you guys, and I pray that you really share this with as many women as you can. Don't forget to follow the movement at Girls Anthem. Don't forget the two M's, movement <laughs> at Girls Anthem Movement. There's G-I-R-L-S-A-N-T-H-E-M-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T. Um, and make sure you go to the website, girlsanthem.biz, not .com, not .org girlsanthem.biz i will make sure i put Haley thomas's um link in the podcast details and i will catch up with you guys next week be blessed